What's going on, everybody? It's Derek. And it's Sam. We're doing episode 76 of the Gaming and Chill podcast. What's going on, man? Not too much. We've had a pretty pretty busy week, right? (laughs) Uh, Feels like I have. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, unfortunately, we did not get a chance to go through and to broadcast last week, but it was for good reason. (laughs) Yeah, uh, went to the rec bar. Which is a local arcade and pinball hall, along with a bar. Yes, with pretty decent food. It's a pretty legit restaurant. Oh, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty loud, though. But yeah. I liked it. it I liked loud. it. I liked it because I'm apparently pretty good at pinball on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> we played the, uh, the Who pinball, and Derek, for some reason, got the high score, even though we, Doug and I both beat him. <laughs> the other ones all yeah. of a sudden he just came out of nowhere and got like the high score it's like what happened here who knows man fluke i think <laughs> but yeah working on stuff for that um applied for a new job this week oh really uh it's with Is my it... it's within my department though it's but it's like a production lead so kind of helping guide the place into a new era of not sucking so much but uh there was a little bit of chaos surrounding that oh yeah um so you're kind of supervisory at your job so i want to ask your opinion on something okay so you get it you have to have a rec number to apply for a job like a certain numbered identification number hey go look up this job this rec number right yeah as a supervisor of people you know who would be interested in a position with your department, right? Whose yeah. job is it to send out the rec number? Is, uh, it, is it yours? Uh, technically, no. It'd be my HR hiring department. Okay. For, our, for us, it's our supervisors. Got like, it. Hey, if anybody's interested in this, this position's opened up with the department, go ahead and apply it's still open to everyone just i want to let you all know it's available that is not what happened i don't know whether it was because of willful willful ignorance uh an accident but the rec number was posted early hmm. and the supervisor didn't know it nice. so one of the associates who i work with found it and emailed it out <laughs> so now everybody's up in this arms of oh my god is this willful are they trying to keep this from us and everything i'm like oh my gosh this is not gonna end well <laughs> so there was immediate chaos it's like all right people you need to calm yourself to not do not panic <laughs> Well, I, I can kind of see where they might get the idea to panic, because there's been some pretty shady stuff on it before. Some stuff that it's like, just doesn't seem right. Yeah, I hate to hear that. Yeah. But other than that, this week's been pretty pretty simple. Yeah. Pretty simple. Went through and we uh, 
visited today, the Opus 5 pre-release for the Final Fantasy trading card game happened. Nice. How was that? It was pretty fun. Uh, Doug and I went over our lunch break. We paid, I think it was like $20-$30 for a starter pack, which included eight of the Opus 5 starter packs, a limited edition set of sleeves, um, Mm -hmm. and then what else was it oh one of the uh, limited edition release cards which is really helpful for my strategy <laughs> they went through and they er, we got them from Hockeyman's. so if anybody's ever in jeffersonville indiana go check out Hockeyman's trading card game because the guys over there are pretty awesome but it was me doug and then two of my co-workers as well as two of the guys that kind of work there which were the only guys that were interested in the event so they sold six uh, box sets, and that was it. And they were going to have a tournament, which they did, um, between, unfortunately, Doug and I couldn't compete, but between my two friends, Izzy, who you guys may know from the uh, Discord channel yep. as YT, and then uh, Richard, who's also a member of the channel as well, if I'm not mistaken, um, they went over there and they played a new release opus rules which doug and i have for like future releases which is pretty legit basically you had to create a deck out of only the cards you got in the release Ooh. and like the one rule was you didn't actually have to sacrifice cards of a particular like element in order to summon them just different rules that made it easier to play when you have multiple multiple element decks because some people would totally be messed over if they were trying to go for a single or two element decks but uh they went through and they competed and the what was designed is the winner was supposed to get the limited edition releases uh promo cards from the previous releases well not enough people showed up sadly and basically at the end of the tournament between izzy richard and the two other guys that apparently bought these cards they realized that they didn't have enough people competing for the prizes so they went ahead and they basically gave out the uh same prize to everybody um which is the complete set of the promo cards and then we went through and got a set as well even though we technically didn't play so <laughs> nice they were like yeah you want to bring those to your buddies next door they were complete foil set so it's like nice you guys are awesome but you know early bird gets the worm because we've been asking about this from like weeks on in and hopefully we'll have a video about it soon good i was like you guys have been playing the game for a while now right i was about to say maybe a month month and a half because so, otherwise, you really don't hear about it. Not really, but surprisingly, there's a lot of tournaments in America, but it's also obviously in Japan. Yeah. But it's pretty awesome. I, I'm looking forward to doing a, a series of videos on it, showing us playing the game as well as how we've customized decks and stuff. That'll be awesome. That'll yeah. be awesome. I look forward to watching and editing it. Editing it. <laughs> sweet as well as playing yes exactly <laughs> so you ready to get to our uh, main topic 
Yeah, man. Okay. Is mobile gaming, and I, by that I mean like on your phone, appealing to you? And if not, what would make it appealing to you? And if it is, why? what makes it so appealing? But before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor. Thanks, guys. Our partner for this week's podcast is Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is an online digital store that sells some of the most popular games from the most popular game developers. But that's not all. They also offer bundle deals that change weekly and monthly that allow you to pay a designated amount for a collection of games or ebooks that can often save you hundreds of dollars. Humble Bundle then donates portions of its proceeds to a featured charity. In addition to this awesome business model, they have also partnered with us so we get a small portion of any purchase or donation through their website. All you need to do is go to our website, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the Humble Bundle Partner logo and shop for any games of your heart's desire. Thanks, Humble Bundle. Back to you guys. And we're back. Before we go to the main topic, let's talk about our YouTube roundups. Ooh, yes. So the first one you had was Guns Explained with Cats. Yeah, so before we get started on such a sensitive topic, I first want to say that anytime there's ever a mass shooting or anything that happens, it's just a horrible, horrible thing. So whenever kids in a school are gunned down, whether it's a situation like the church in Texas that that one time, or just even army bases and college campuses, people die there, and people really don't take the time to think about letting those families mourn before going through and being up in arms about either a arguing for more gun control laws or b arguing against any gun control whatsoever because we've seen it for especially after the vegas shootings and everything along those lines instantly everybody's on their political bandwagon trying to go through and push their particular form of politics on other people what, it's a it's a knee jerk reaction. Exa- exactly. The thing about it though is that it's a tragedy which, you know, people died, whole families were shattered, and also people's lives were changed forever even if they weren't killed. That's what people don't understand. And there were a bunch of heroes and there were a bunch of people who could have acted differently, but you know, sometimes people just freeze up in situations. But everybody goes through trying to find the blame and the reason for this evil happening every single time, whether it was, oh, hey, it was the guy that sold the gun. Was it the shooter? Was it somebody was failing to do action? Was it somebody dropping the ball somewhere else? There's so many different things to point at. But ultimately, you know, the sad part is is that if somebody's going to do something evil, they're going to do something evil no matter what. Whether that's with a car bomb, whether that's with knives, whether that's with anything else. I mean, you can see across, er, all across the world, China has mass stabbings with groups of people, stuff along those lines. And it's just because, unfortunately, humanity is deprived. Now, there are decent human beings among it, but hey, let's go ahead and let's remember that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be angry at people and most situations but at the same time let's not go through trying to find the one reason because ultimately it comes down to the fact that yeah humanity's pretty messed up (laughs) yeah um and i want to i do want to say that like having knee-jerk reactions is 
not always wrong, but trying to make changes based upon those reactions might not be smart. Um, it's like when you have something internally sad happen to you. Like, And I don't want to equate the two, but it's the only thing I can really think of. It's why when your girlfriend breaks up with you, you don't immediately go get a tattoo. You don't make long-lasting changes because you're not in the right frame of mind. You need to grieve, to mourn. Mm -hmm. So to have those reactions, that's perfectly fine, but think about it for a while because those emotions are going to make you fight for something that might not be the best for long term. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, go ahead. That being said, the gentleman in this video does a pretty decent job talking about basically let's do something but let's not go overboard at this particular point in time so basically as the video describes it's basically talking about gun control but instead of using guns as the analogy you're using cats yeah <laughs> which it's like oh you know people love cats not everybody has are they're good cats they're bad cats there are ones that people who love cats and there are people who just don't like them and it's like okay cool but it's a matter of hey let's not say everybody can't have cats or let's not say that everyone should have cats because there's some people out there that really shouldn't have cats <laughs> yeah at this particular point in time and then also it's like some cats really just shouldn't be had <laughs> because it's like oh look it's rabid excuse me i'd like to buy a cheetah yeah i'd like to buy a cheetah it's like but you don't need a cheetah sitting there. It's like, and if the cheetah gets out, what happens? Well, uh, okay. Now, that being said, I liked how he was trying to basically come with the middle ground here. <laughs> it was like, oh, hey, it's not bad if you like guns. He's like, you know, I'm a gun enthusiast myself. Like, I have firearms, and I enjoy target practice, stuff along those lines. I enjoy basically just shooting in general however <laughs> i understand not everybody likes that <laughs> it's like it's, okay cool what it's almost as if and we've already compared guns to cats but what if we also labeled it with something else that's also can has a can potentially have a, a harmful effect alcohol oh yeah agreed i mean you, you can be a, a wine enthusiast, but you start imbibing too much, that's a problem. You hurt mm -hmm. other people with those, that's a problem. Anything can become an obsession. Yeah. Like, if you get to the point of, I have to have, I have to have this liquor, this cat, this gun, there's, a, when you get to the point of having to have it, there's a problem. It's more, it should always stay, I want to have this. I want to have this glass of wine with dinner. I want to have that cat. I, I want to have that gun. Not, I need it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, the thing that it goes through and that I did not agree with in this is that everybody goes to point the finger to, like, Australia with it's like, oh, they did gun control and they did all of this. Now, I'm going to go through here and I'm going to make 
just a statement on the facts because I went through and I looked up what happened in Australia. So in like 96, they passed I, the law. Can I, can I make a uh, request? Um, yes. And this is also for our listeners and everything. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to forward, forward me uh, sources so I can yes. put them in the description? Yes. Okay. So basically in 96, Australia had this huge gun reform law that went into effect. What happened was, is basically they did a gun buyback program. It, it was almost a forced, it was a forced gun buyback program. Basically, they went through and they paid gun owners money in order to take their guns away from them. Now, that being said, it you can still own a firearm in Australia. So there's not a complete ban on guns in Australia. So everybody's like, oh, well, they did this. Well, basically what happened is... They went to everybody, they said, hey, give us your guns, we'll pay you whatever value it is for it, great, that's cool, you still want guns, you have to get a license in order to have a gun, which sounds great, paper-wise, you go through and you have this, no problem at all. So you have a permit that you have to get approved through your local um, kind of government agency that you'd be looking at, but... They have to have a reason for that permit, and the two reasons that are not able to be used to get a gun is to defend yourself, personally, um, or for self-defense, or for the defense of property. You're not allowed to? Yes, that's not a good re- or that's not a qualifying reason to own a firearm. Okay. So those are the two reasons that you're not allowed to apply for a license basically you won't get approved if that's the or that's the reason why you want to own a firearm it's like uh, okay that's a for for me those are two really big reasons and like the only reasons that somebody really would i would say 90 percent of people would want a firearm at least you know going on or going into this one however you can get a firearm if you um are a member of a local certified hunting club if you live out on a range with agricultural like things for example defending your or like sheep from wolves or something along those lines You you can apply for that or pest control so there are ways to get firearms the only thing is that Basically, if you say, you know, I really don't feel safe and I would really like to have a firearm on me, um, or at least in my house, in my personal property, or anything else along those lines, they're like, no, that's not a good enough reason to get a firearm. So it's a lot like if you you have a ranch. Kind of like, um, I think it's in Texas, where when you go to apply for, like, a driver's license... You can just go, yeah, I was raised driving a, a tractor, a yeah. gator, a, 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 I know how to drive, basically. Exactly. So it's like, I worked on a ranch, so I have the need to have a firearm to scare away the dingoes. Yeah. Now, the thing about this is that Australia, of course, you have your military personnel, you have your police personnel who can obviously get a permit to go around this it's like hey do you use this very frequently it's like yeah however if you're just a guy that's in the er, in the city and it's like you know i really like shooting the only way you can get a 
permit is you have to go join a gun club of some kind or anything along those lines, which then you have a registry of who owns the firearm, everything along those lines. And it's like, okay, that's great. But it, it's really weird because it's like, you know, first off, the forced buyback, like, hey, no, you really have to give us your guns. Here, we'll give you your money back, but no, you really have to give that to us. Is It's not a matter of, oh, hey, everybody who is obeying the law will give you back the gun. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, studies have shown that like homicide rates in Australia have not gone up and they also haven't really changed very much as far as results go. Hmm. If that makes any sense. It but, just stayed there. Yeah, it just kind of stayed there. Now, the main reason why people will argue here in the United States is hey, I really need a firearm to protect myself is just because of the time it takes for police to respond to situations kind of deal so for example like in some places around the er, around the country you're talking about almost a half hour before police can show up so it's a matter of, hey, I'd rather have my self-defense in my own hand in case it came down to the worst to the worst. That's the reason why I'm going to go through and I'm going to do this. Or a matter of, hey, you know, I got a, a gun because I carry a lot of cash for my job. So uh, I got that for this. Basically, anybody who applied for a carry conceal permit in the United States, if you tried to do that in Australia, would be completely rejected. Huh. from the information it's like oh hey cool <clears throat> you don't have the right to go through and have your firearm on you at all times and basically these rifles or these also apply only to like specialty rifles and stuff along those lines it doesn't really give in-depth like what's actually allowed or what's not kind of deal so everybody points to australia it's like oh yeah but his argument that he has here he's like oh well let people who want to have guns and like guns have guns it's like point to australia how they did that it's like yeah the problem is, is that that worked for australia great the problem is is that the whole i guess cultural dynamic in the united states isn't about that especially with the way that some people or people interpret the of course right to bear arms some people go through and it's like oh hey you have the right to a regulated militia that mean translates into a right to bear arms which is the biggest argument that's in like supreme court right now which or well not supreme court but congress and everything else is who has the right to own weapons is it state regulated or is it the right of each individual to own a firearm and you know you have those people that are out there now at the same time I agree with these things that are talking about, hey, you know, bump stocks. Basically, it turns my semi-automatic weapon into a fully automatic weapon. There's a reason that we probably shouldn't give that to people. because You're not like, hunting oh, hey, with it. You're not hunting with that. Also, the other thing is that it's like, if you're target shooting with that, it's like, isn't that a little bit of overkill? It's yes. like, all these other things. Or, hey, I need a 120-round magazine. No, no, but, you don't. But you why, think you do. But why, though? <laughs> if you need 120 rounds to hit your target, you need to <clears throat> get good. Yeah, get good. <laughs> don't do anything, like, at all. 
and just all of these different things where just outrageous <laughs> outrageous yeah. responses it's like i want this and i want that it's like you know i have i'm a big advocate of firearm owning i believe that if you want a semi-automatic rifle you can have a semi-automatic rifle if you want a semi-automatic pistol you can have a semi-automatic pistol the only thing is just when you go through and it's like okay man so why do you have the belt fed like m60 over here <laughs> yeah <for> no reason <laughs> for no reason other than to say i have one and it's like okay that's really cool but you know the only time i can ever really see you having a fully automatic m60 for use is if you were pretty much going into combat right but uh, it yeah i i know those people that are like i want it because i want it and it's like <laughs> but do you need so many rounds in your in granted you have a gun safe yeah but it's like do you need all those rounds what what are you expecting i'm concerned less about the guns and more about you how you doing man the main two reasons to have firearms man zombies and commies zombies and commies (laughs) i would like to make the argument that uh in the case of either i don't have to have them bought i just know where to have to get them (laughs) (laughs) the the people who are like i need these things are they going out and practicing with them like actually putting lead down range (laughs) some of them just store up the ammo and it's like how many rounds have you ever shot a hundred. Okay, but you have five thousand rounds. I think you can spare a couple. Go. But there, there were a couple of things like in the most recent months that people are going through, talking about raising the age of purchasing assault weapons to twenty-one. You know, as a gun owner, I don't really have a problem with that. I I, I do on a level. Really on okay. on a level. Okay. <laughs> At eighteen. You are allowed to enter the military. Yes. They will train you how to use these weapons. Yes, that is the training. But if you are old enough to fight and potentially die, I think that uh, you might be old enough to have lead. But if you're not old enough to buy alcohol yet... I believe I, I wholeheartedly believe that uh, if you're in the military, you drinking, you should be allowed at eighteen. Again. I would like to I would like to hear from my friends who are in the military because I heard that that's not really frowned upon in the military. But I, I could have been wrong when hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going through and I was like, okay, see, I guess it's the thing is that if somebody has like this is where you go back to the Australia thing. If somebody has military service or police service they're qualified for that yeah the thing is is that hey can some kid who's just turned 18 go by because it this is the weird law so already right now in most states if not all have to go verify this there is a limit age limit to buy a handgun you have to be 21 hmm you also have to be 21 to buy handgun ammunition so my question is, if they change that 
a same rule to apply to a, or basically what they're claiming assault weapons, which is a semi-automatic rifle with a removable magazine, which mm-hmm. basically is all semi-automatic rifles. Why would it be that much of a difference? I will actually resend my statement and change it with a caveat. Yes. So I will partially resend it and say, I don't think everyone should be allowed to buy it to 18. Mm-hmm. However, you are more than welcome to buy it at 18 if you also are in the reserves. True. If you're in the reserves, if you have had military training or police training. My friend who was uh, a highway patrol officer he was one of the youngest highway patrol officers in montana um he went through and he couldn't even buy his own ammunition for his handgun because i think he got in when he was 19 wow so he actually had to go for all ammunition purchases through the quartermaster in order to go through or whatever their equivalent of a quartermaster is in order to get ammunition for his firearm so it's like okay cool but (laughs) either way it's a matter of there are some things that we can sit down and we can talk about. Is it a matter of banning all guns? No, that's probably the worst idea ever. Because, you know, as much as I hate to agree with all these people who are, like, pumped up and, like, oh, I have to have my guns no matter what, the only people who will abide by any ban of guns are going to be those who you didn't really have to worry about in the first place. For Pretty example, much. let's look at Chicago where they have gun rules and let's look at new york where they have gun rules and let's see the amount of homicides that are still happening in those areas but it can be argued that they're buying them from other places so there's really a no-win situation because it comes down to there's always going to be an evil group of people somewhere there and you know i've more lean on the lungs of the lines of it's better to have it yourself even if you're not going to use it, then, hey, basically, you're not allowed to have it, except, basically, you're not allowed to have it, but, you know, the guy who's going to come at you in an evil way is probably not going to care if he can't have it. Uh, much like uh, much like you hear, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Exactly. All right. Why don't we actually end that conversation yeah, there? Back in we're, already, the we're already sitting here at 30 minutes talking about this one video. Oh, yeah. Um, I will actually briefly uh, go through the next video. I think yeah. it, uh, this is a, the next video is Chrono Trigger and the Structural Perfection. <laughs> I could probably talk about this and butcher it all day long and will <laughs> not explain it nearly as eloquently because this guy wrote a book on this entire premises. About the storylining and theming of the game Chrono Trigger. And talks about... You what? (laughs) I said, okay guys, I love Chrono Trigger and I love video games. However, you probably won't find me writing a book about... (laughs) I love it though. Because like it talks about like how it breaks down the plot and goes, okay, there's basically two plot lines in Chrono Trigger. One where it's basically taking you through a tour of the game... And then basically resolves all the characters and all the uh, timelines and just sits there and goes, okay, those are all side stories. You could absolutely miss all of them, but you get more character progression if you don't. And it was like, I was sitting there listening to it and I was like, that's really a genius way to write a story. 
Because a lot of games, they're pretty much, they either, it's like taking a guided tour through the game, and then you're like, okay, but what now? <laughs> or they just go, have fun. It's like, it's, you're either playing Skyrim or Final Fantasy fourteen or thirteen, which <laughs> Final Fantasy thirteen is not bad. It is just a one path way. You can very much just run from one end of the map to the next, and it's you missed nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would recommend going and watching that. And as always, our links are in the Kim Possible. Um, Sorry, that's my ringtone for Allison. That's perfectly fine and respectable. <laughs> but I was like, I recognize that. I don't know that I... Uh, actually, I enjoyed that show. Everybody I remember did. all the uh, I remember all the internet speculation around that show that Ron ended up going and joining like the military. <laughs> it was great. It was nice. great. Um, but as always, the links will be in below. Uh, yeah. Go watch that video. I could sit here and butcher it all day, but I think you'll enjoy it more by watching it there so let's move on to our main topic yes okay once again is mobile game appealing to you is it appealing to you sam yes but with caveats <laughs> i'll agree so uh what what are those caveats then so my main thing about mobile gaming is that now okay so you have to think about what you're playing it on you're playing it on a smartphone. The new smartphones are greatly designed, whether it's the latest Apple, Samsung, the new Google Pixel, anything. The touchscreens are great. They're high definition. Perfect. Tablets, same thing. Only thing is that there's so much emphasis on the touchscreen. While okay. touchscreens are great... They don't have that same feeling as analog buttons. There's not that healthy click. Yeah, there's not the okay, cool. That and, correct me if I'm wrong or you've never experienced this, any time you go through and you put a screen protector or a case on any touchscreen, it does not register the way that it should. Uh, I will agree, because that's why I stopped putting a screen protector on it. Yes. Basically, that's kind of what mine is right now. I had Final I Fantasy my... VII. I'm playing that on my mobile device because I bought it through the Apple App Store, whatever they're calling it now. Mm -hmm. And I love this game. The problem is, is that using these controls is the most frustrating thing of all time. Because it does not register and it does not flow the same way as a controller. It's that virtual joystick. Yeah, and it's just awful. I hate virtual thumbstick. Yes. With a passion. Now, with that being said, there are some adapters out there that have been made, especially for like the iPhone for android um especially back when the emulators were first coming out on ios and android where you could take certain models and you could actually get like an adapter piece for it that you could plug in whether it was via lightning 30 pin usb mini and it would actually use the screen of the smartphone and then analog buttons yes i have a controller that does that through bluetooth 
through Bluetooth. Yes, but I know what you're talking about. If I was about to say, I have not seen a successful Bluetooth, and I really don't trust Amazon because last time I was like, oh, yeah, it'll work great. It didn't. <laughs> I don't like it as well because then you're holding it. It's like it straps to the controller, and then you're like, I'm pretty much still holding it as if I was holding the phone. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's why I have a Switch. <laughs> now, there are some games in here which, you know... There's Final Fantasy VII. There's um, Sid Meier's Pirates was on here. GTA. You have games that you can download for your mobile, and it's great because if you're sitting somewhere, I can go through and I can play this. However, is that not what the Nintendo Switch did? Yes, and I will say arguably to a much easier extent. Yes. Um, a good example is I have Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which I love that game. It's like play through and do key battles and all the final fantasy games and that's it it's just battles no wandering around exploring i love it but it's made so that it's almost forgettable like while you're playing it you're like oh my gosh i love this i love this i love this and then you put it down and you're like i don't really crave it i don't really want to play this game i've got something else to play and it's like, I'm, maybe I'm a, t I don't know what's, what's going on, but if I'm going to play a game, or if I'm at home, I'm going to play a game I can play on my Switch, my PC, my Xbox, my PS4. But if I'm out and about, I'm probably not in a space where I can just whip my phone out and play a game. I'm, it's going to be easier to just scroll through Facebook scroll through discord now but a game it's a little more difficult because mm -hmm. it's like well they're no they're no longer even like things like angry birds never really did it for me it was like i mean this is cool and all but the moment i put it down i don't really worry about it yeah and the thing about it though is that with mobile gaming it uses your battery life up like crazy. Oh, yeah. So even... And if you use the Bluetooth controller, that's going to drain your battery even more. It takes up so much space on your phones, which the problem becomes now is that now that we're moving more and more to cloud storage on devices, at least with the iPhone, unless you pay for the $1,000 model, you might not be able to hold that many games on there. No. But Not at all. At the same time, you also have these quote-unquote virtual reality games that are on the phones, which I don't really... I'm not a huge fan of virtual reality games. I'm just gonna, it's a fad. I'm it's going go, away. It's going away. It'll be gone because the technology just isn't there. The, well... The phone virtual reality went away a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Virtual reality for... Like PC gaming, PS gaming, it's going away because the average layperson doesn't want to go out and buy $800 worth of equipment to have to buy other games. And those games are pretty much tech demos. They are mobile games for your PC that you paid $800 to play. Huh. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. And... I mean, I knew a person with one of those Google Cardboard, which, I mean, I'm always interested in that, because I'm like, yeah, that would be kind of cool, looking 
like having a private theater to watch YouTube, watch stupid Zelda runs, <laughs> and stupid Dark Souls memes, more like. Um, <laughs> it's Dark Souls videos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but other than that, they didn't really push it. Like, much like Google Glass, which I thought was going to catch on. It didn't. And I don't think virtual reality for the phone did. And gaming as a whole, I think it's a cool idea. But I think there's two schools of thought. Mm-hmm. There's the people who make well-thought-out games, and they do well. Like Blizzard done Hearthstone. It's an enormous game on your phone, though. But it's also a desktop application. And then you have the people who just pump out a hundred small games that are just basically hooks for microtransactions. So, you've got games that you can also play on your desktop, or games that are just bait. So... (laughs) Now, see, the one game, like, I had that I played a while was Fallout Shelter for mobile. My wife plays that on her desktop all the time. Except it's... Well, her laptop. It's a microtransaction game, and I got really mad about that. My wife has way more patience than I uh, than I do, and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure you do. Sorry, she just has the patience to play those games. And I'm like, I want to actually play my game, not sit and watch my game, unless I'm specifically playing like a idle upgrade game, which I'm okay with. But Fallout, like I I recently gotten back into Pokemon Go. And it's mostly just because I can just play it for five minutes and on my walk from my car to my job, and that's it. I don't really have to worry about it. Just like your brother who has the uh, little adapter piece. We go walking around like downtown Jeffersonville, and it's just like, hey, cool. Click, click, click. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's something to do while walking. Now, one could argue it's the reason to go walking, but I'm like, eh. It's something I do while I'm walking, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, when the new Harry Potter game comes out, that's basically that, um, then we'll see me outside, because I'm a big Harry Potter fan. (laughs) I'll be organizing walks at work, going, hey, guys, you want to bling some spells? Let's go outside and play dragon and wizard. (laughs) And I'll do it exactly like that. I'll have, like, the Merlin hat and everything. But, I mean, there's a couple games on my mobile phone that I play on a pseudo-regular. Like, I've got a really well-done Pokemon knockoff game. It's really well done that is Pokemon, but it's also just its own game. It's its own thing. It's like, okay, cool. I spent, I think it was like five bucks on it to get rid of all the ads. Because I was like, okay, if I've played your game for... Three, four hours. I'm willing to pay the five bucks because, well, I don't want to sit here and watch the same five ads over and over. I'll pay for it. That's fine. (laughs) I mean, at a certain point, it's like I'm supporting you just as much as you're supporting my gaming. 
But I don't know. I don't know what to say makes mobile gaming appealing to me. Like, there is no way that it'll ever have the same capabilities of, say, my PC or my Xbox or my PlayStation. There's no way that it can have those gaming things because I've either got to have a peripheral because I've got giant hands that cover half a screen for a virtual uh, joystick. Or it's emulators, which I can play on my PC while watching something on my phone with a controller plugged into my PC. Yeah, it's almost like you have to go through and if a... Kind of like a gaming company or something along those lines built an actual just gaming controller that would be compatible with all smartphones intentionally with like bluetooth drivers and connectivity that was able to produce games now if somebody did that like say next week ubisoft or bethesda said hey we're making this mobile game that you can play the thing about it is that processors on phones aren't as fast as like desktop or laptop no. processors so it's like how complicated of a game can you make other than emulators yeah it's 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 really one of those tough things of that's why mobile phones to me aren't gaming like as much as when like even as far back as the iPod touch which i had that was more about gaming cuz that was the time when the ds was still a thing but in the mobile environment and the net current social environment, it's a lot easier just to pull open Instagram or Facebook and chat with friends than play a game. Because by the time something loads, whatever you're waiting for is done. Oh, yeah. Now, I think the thing that keeps mobile games kicking is kids. Yes. So, okay, so were you here, or were you paying attention when we were at the rec bar the other night? I was too busy beating you at Pinball the Who. So, when you went out to get the cameras, Doug and I started playing that really awesome Guardians of the Galaxy pinball machine. Okay. And right next to us was a mom with her kid. And the mom was, like, playing pinball and, like, having a great time. And the kid, literally in the middle of an arcade, is sitting on the tablet playing stinking Angry Birds. <laughs> the middle of an arcade. Wasn't like his mom wasn't going to give him tokens, but he wanted to play Angry Birds instead of everything else. You're like, kid, there's Guardians of the Galaxy pinball. It's like, you can go over here and you can play Street Fighter. You can go through and play Skee Ball. You can go through and you can just, like, go over to the shooting game that was, like, at the very front of the thing. Wasn't Time Crisis, but it was really close. <laughs> you can play this game. Not nah. Angry playing Birds, Angry bro. Birds, bro. That or Fruit Ninja. <laughs> Yeah, I I really do think mobile games is kept alive by kids. Yeah. Like, kids who are handed their parents iPads and are told, I need to do other stuff. Either that or their parents have spoiled them and given them a smartphone or a tablet instead of a laptop I mean, either or way. a desktop. And it's like, hey, 
I can download games to this. And it's like, like, oh, cool. That's nice. I am a gamer kid. What do you play? I play Minecraft on my mom's iPad. You're not a gamer kid. (laughs) (laughs) It is running old school Java on somebody else's hardware. And hashtag Sam hates Minecraft. (laughs) I like everything Minecraft stands for. No. (laughs) No, here's the thing. I will sit down on occasion. I will play Minecraft for like an hour to two hours. No. And that's enough for me. I cannot tolerate the people, and this counts for adults, sadly, who will stand there and talk to me for 40 minutes about a castle they made. And I'm like, you're an adult. Cool story, bro. Talk to me about Dark Souls. Or, like, go buy Legos and be (sighs) a semi-adult. It's like, talk to me about any other game, but building building a castle in Minecraft is... Not an achievement anymore. <laughs> but it... I mean, am I glad for mobile gaming that it gives almost an entranceway to kids into gaming? Yes, but no. Because I worried that it's like a gatekeeper as well. That that's all that kids will think gaming is. That immediate, like... Let's be honest. We play games. You and I play games that are not like immediate payoff games. Like, you're not gonna just walk up to a game and win, start winning no matter what. I mean, I can give an example. I'm currently playing Dark Souls finally, and much like everything, much like everyone else, praise the sun. You, you start, yeah, you start <laughs> playing Dark Souls, and that's like the thing. You're like, I don't know why I didn't play this before. Like, it's actually fun because it challenges me and makes me go. I need to redo my strategy. And it makes me think about the game and not just playing the game, but strategizing about it. It's like old school Dungeons and Dragons where you're like spending a week going, how are we going to beat that dragon? How are we going to do this? Okay, here's the room layout and you're thinking about it. Whereas with kids with iPads, they're like, nope, I swipe my finger. Boom, fruit explodes. I swipe my finger, launches bird. I win in a minute. It's like, okay, but you're being trained to expect that immediately. Whereas, like, we grew up with Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, where you can win a battle, but you have a lot longer before you realize. What about, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, We were even talking about Harvest Moon. Yeah. So like the other day, it's like Harvest Moon took forever to beat or like to get up to a thing. And you technically never beat those games. That and then uh, Golden Sun. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. You could play this a billion times and still not see everything. Exactly. And it's it's things like that that I worry that'll keep kids out of gaming. And so truthfully, the only way kids are going to get into gaming is if their parents include them into that economy and not just put them in front of Angry Birds or Fruit Ninja. That or so. maybe just like let them be kids until they're like in middle school and then it's like, hey, you know, maybe we can get them a gaming system. Right. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, okay, let's move on to our weekly challenge. We've sufficiently beat that topic to death. <laughs> 
summer, if you could only... submarine, better hardware, and just like something that you don't have to use joysticks on mobile. <laughs> there you go. If you could play one game for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh. Um. See, I'm gonna. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you time while you're stalling. Go. Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm probably gonna choose Final Fantasy VI, uh, three in America, with uh, Terra, Edgar, Zabin, Locke, that sort of thing. Huh. It was such a huge game, and I've still. I'm sure there are still things I don't know about it. Hmm. Like, are we talking, like, just one game or entire franchises here? Um, for the sake of it, I'll expand it and say all the whole franchise. You know, probably one of my favorite franchises was Splinter Cell. The only thing is that... I think they stopped making them, and I'm really, really upset because... I heard rumor they might be making a new one. Oh, boy. like A rumor. I like them because... It made you think, as well as there was different ways. It was like Hitman before Hitman became more popular, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, I get you. It was Hitman before Hitman became Hitman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was not Splinter Cell. Like Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell, Pandora, Tomorrow. Those were like some of the first games I ever played with that genre of like sneak around. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to take back my answer. Metal Gear Solid. Ooh! all of those games the reason being is that they're all pretty awesome and they all vary just a little bit every single time hideo kojima yes but i'm really nice. sad that the most recent one got released without him i really haven't heard anything about that game metal gear survive yeah did that totally it, flop <laughs> it flopped hard and i'll tell you about it later sweet <laughs> Okay, let's talk about gaming news. Sweet. Drake and Ninja, not of Diane Bird, streamed Fortnite and smashed Twitch's streaming records. Oh. And yes, it is that Drake, but not that Ninja. I'm excited for that, because I think that could mean something new for gaming and streaming as a whole. It could, except that, oh. the question is, is that how much was that of Drake's fans just like, hey, what's this? And then they're never going back to it. Well, the thing is, is, if Drake continues to do it, that's going to influence the market as a whole. It could. It could, it could have an interesting effect. Yeah. Um, for movie news, I included this because I thought it was really cool. And I think with it, a lot of programs should do this. Family Guys Sunday episode. That's going to be uh, March 18th. So if you're listening to this on Sunday, it'll be tonight's episode will air free or will air ad free thanks to playstation they're going to play a 60 second god of war tra uh, trailer before and 60 seconds after good guy playstation you know what i was like if only they had done this like several years ago uh they might have a better chance of you know being successful tv wise because i think over in, like, Japan, it's that way now. You don't have commercial breaks. You have commercials between... You have almost interstitials between each show. You don't have commercials during your show. And I love that idea. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Releasing this week is Sea of Thieves, March 20th. Ooh. 
Xbox One and PC. So you got I, a chance to play it. Like, what were your thoughts of the actual gameplay? Because we watched you uh, run a ship aground. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> and get your treasure for, stolen. <laughs> thanks for that. Thanks for that. Um, it's good. It'll be better as a crew. Hmm. Wholeheartedly better as a crew. Which we all, all of our members have gone through and we have purchased this game because it is cross-platform and are really looking forward to doing this yes barring anything catastrophic happening next friday will be uh stream of sea of thieves between some of us i don't know who but it'll be at least one of us at least one of us um also 8-bit armies it's like an rts but 8-bit on march 27th Huh. On PC, Xbox One, and PS4, and Far Cry 5 on March 27th as well. America. I know you're looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one just because it's like, hey, you know, I lived in this area a while. Let's see what this is I, about. I was genuinely concerned when there was a news, there was an article floating around that there was a cult that started to use AR-15s within their... Uh, celebration? Oh, yeah, the Universalist Church. I think I'm the one that sent you that link. <laughs> Maybe. And I was like, mm, what's this going to do for Far Cry? Because it's a game about a cult who has I think, weapons. I think that the funny thing was is that I sent that link to your brother. And it's like, this is why America has such a weird just appearance to everybody outside. Because pictures of this person dressed in all white with a crown that's made of bullets is sitting at the front of an altar with an AR-15 blessing the weapon for his ceremony. I'm like, this is why everybody thinks we're weird. <laughs> in defense, in they're defense. not wrong. <laughs> yeah, in defense, this is not wrong at all. So, yeah, I was like, hmm, yeah, I know you're expect you're looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. So, anything else? Um, not that I know of. Uh, let me just check my notes here real fast. I'm looking at them right now. I think that's it. Um, I think that's it. Join our Discord. We've got a new lively group. Um, that yeah. link will also be down below. Definitely. And, of course, feel free to converse about anything we've talked about today. We always like to hear your thoughts. But remember, family-friendly, everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> read, yes. The, read the Discord rules and you'll see Sam's, uh, <laughs> Sam's treatment of trolls. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm excited to have a growing community there. And we so, always love having more people, so join more the party team. members. Oh yeah. So until next week, have a good one. See you later. Thanks, guys. And thank you to all of our listeners out there because we really couldn't do it without you. We hope you enjoyed this week's Gaming and Chill podcast. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, follow us on social media, or learn how to support the podcast directly, check us out at www.gamingandchillpodcast.com. Also, be sure to stay up to date with Gaming and Chill by following us on Twitter at at gaming underscore in underscore chill. Yes, that is gaming underscore in as in Nancy underscore chill. You can also find links to the articles, games, and videos mentioned in this podcast in the description below. Thanks again for watching, and until next time. <laughs>